Thank you for listening to this message from Forward Ministries. We pray it blesses you, encourages you, and inspires grace in you today. You can visit us online at forwardministries.org. So often when we take quiet time, it's like we just start telling God all this stuff, or, or, or you start trying to hear God, right? Like, like we've been told that you've got to hear God. Get quiet and hear God. Well, you know what? God doesn't have a speech impediment. He is speaking very clearly, and your heart is designed to be able to hear Him. It's just that because we've got so much stuff going on, we don't just let Him bathe our minds and our hearts with His own Word. So the exercise is not be still and try to hear God. Now, you might hear Him. The exercise is be still and acknowledge Him and just sit for the purpose of noticing, okay, now that I'm quiet, what comes up? Do, do I feel excitement? Do I feel joy? Do I feel righteous? Do I feel guilt because of what I did yesterday? Do I feel angry? Do I feel upset? Do I start thinking about this person from the second grade? Do I start thinking about what my dad did to me? And you know, what comes up? And so notice and identify what comes up. Don't judge the other person if there's another person connected to the emotion or the feeling or the memory. In other words, they did this because of this, and I'm going to hold on to this because this gives me an excuse to hold on to this because of what they did. I'm feeling this way because of them. Well, you might be feeling that way because of them, but are you going to let it go and move on? Yes. Yes, we're going to do that. And don't judge yourself in the process. I, man, I've seen it happen so many times. People are like, I, I should be further along by now. I'm still dealing with this. What's wrong with me? If you ask what's wrong with you, you will get the wrong answer. I mean, your heart is more than happy to give you an answer, but it's based on what it's feeling in that moment. But what you want is for your heart to serve up the truth to you. See, because the truth is in you. It's in your spirit. And it's constantly speaking. The Spirit of God is constantly speaking to your heart. And what we want is to get our hearts in this place where it just naturally receives and serves up to us the truth, the power of God. And so we go into this process of what the Word calls writing on the tablets of our heart. God's grace is constantly flowing and available to transform you, to empower you to overcome sin to empower you to overcome guilt and shame, to empower you to get your hands on people and see miracles happen. Grace is constantly available for that. You, there, there should, there's no excuse for sin now that you have Christ living within you and grace is alive within you. It is absolutely within possibility to never choose sin again, but only when you're leaning on His grace, when you're yielding to His power within you. You know, this is not a message that says we're going to go light on sin or make an excuse for sin. This is the only way to overcome sin. In fact, experiencing transformation is your only hope. I mean, how many of you had things that you've really tried to work hard changing? And it, it just, it's just difficult. Transformation happens, and then you're just, you really truly experience change at that point. So these exercises are designed to put your heart in a position to be influenced by God, to have the Word rooted within you, 
so that it naturally gives up to you the truth rather than this feeling that is connected to your dead man. That's what we're looking for, is to get you to a place where you wake up in the morning and it's natural and the first thing that starts coming up in you is what God thinks about you. I'm not talking about you start hearing a voice and he's speaking to you and you get all these amazing revelations. I'm just talking about just the way you feel when you wake up in the morning. You know what I'm saying? Your heart governs that. So you're not trying to fix your heart. You're not trying to change your heart. You're just trying to get the clutter out, let it go, so that your heart is that clear conduit to let God move in your life. So, in addition to not judging others when that stuff comes up, don't judge yourself. You know, you just have to give yourself permission. Remember how we talked about, you have to step outside of yourself, change your vantage point, and look at yourself and your situation as seated at the right hand of the Father because that's where you are now. And, and look at that and ask God for help for transformation in that area. If you, can, if you can discipline your mind and your heart to notice and identify what you're experiencing and then take a truth from the Word of God and apply that to that area to the degree that you start to actually feel the truth more than you feel the other thing, man, you don't know what kind of benefit you're giving yourself. It, that's writing on the tablet of your heart so you stop limiting God when that stuff takes root. That's our diligent responsibility is to continually water that seed of the Word of God that has been planted in there. And this is one way to do that. And it's powerful. So what we're talking about is not just some kind of method or some type of weird version of Christianity, but actually abiding in the Word of God and allowing the Word of God to abide within us. Actually putting in the forefront of our thoughts and our minds the expectation to live on this planet with God. It's amazing to me how it's like some Christians just don't even really believe God's real. Like he's an afterthought. You know, by about 7 o'clock, it's like, oh, maybe I should engage God today. I wonder what, maybe I should have prayed over that issue this morning, you know. You know what I'm talking about. Where we just kind of skate right on through the day and, and we don't, like we're so compartmentalized that the God box is over in the corner. Yeah. And it's like, no, man, we, we live in the middle of a mystery. We live in the time that the prophets and the, the people all in the Old Testament talked about and looked forward to see and never really fully understood what it was. So today I want to talk about this idea of the secret place. You know, the secret place for you may be actually physical. It may be poetic and metaphorical. It may be imaginary. But the point being, that secret place is where you meet God within your heart. How many of you have a physical location where you go and you pray and you do your, and your study and all that? Yeah. How many of you have in your mind, in your heart, maybe even in your imagination, you go, you've got a place created where you go see and you meet Jesus? How many of you have that? Yeah. And the rest of you don't be judging them. They're not crazy for that. Because <laughs> I've heard people that get upset with that. It's like, well, it's, you're just making that stuff up. How do you know it's real? If it's, a, if it's an encounter with God, it doesn't matter what the environment or the faculty is. The point is, what's the heart connection? 
Give yourself permission to have a poetic or metaphorical experience in your imagination with God if it's based on truth, if it's connected with who He really is, and if it causes you to put yourself in a position to allow the Word to bear fruit in your life. Amen? Amen. You know, so I, I want us to have a secret place. I want us to have a place where, you know, there's no distractions, there's no... There's no possibility of letting anything from this world come between you and you looking at your God's face and only experiencing what's true in that place, only experiencing the character of who he has revealed himself to be. Don't be bringing your problems into your secret place. Don't, don't use the filter of looking into heaven and trying to bring these things of this earth into heaven you stay focused on heaven because the secret is, as you're plugged into that, you're like an open channel to just let God move in your life. You stop limiting God when you mix faith with what you say you believe in your heart. That's what you want to do in this secret place. Now, I was studying this out a little bit, just this idea. And, and, and this, this, the way that these passages came together, I just thought was really interesting. So I'm going to take you through a progression. We'll read a few passages here and then we'll, we'll kind of chat about it a little bit more. But in Colossians 1, starting in verse 25, you can flip over there if you like, or we'll put it up on the wall. And I think I'm going to be in the uh, NIV on this one. I know I'm flipping back and forth on you, but <clears throat> Colossians 1, 25. I have become its servant by the commission of God, by the commission God gave me to present you the word of God in its fullness, the mystery that has been kept hidden from the ages and generations, but is now disclosed to the Lord's people. To them God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory." Christ in you, the hope of glory, is the mystery of the ages. I like the way it says it here, that he presented to you the word of God in its fullness. Christ in you, the hope of glory. The word of God in its fullness. In other words, Christ was the word of God manifest. But for the word of God to be complete and come to its full fruition, it has to dwell within you and then begin to bear fruit. The fullness of the word of God is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Do you see that? That's really incredibly powerful that God would say, the, when my word has come to complete fruition, the seed of Christ within you will have borne total fruit and you will be the image of Jesus on this planet and in the, in the ages to come, in the age to come. Man, that's like, are you kidding me? I actually have a part to play in your story, God. I'm just, I'm, I'm, a, I'm your child experiencing the benefit of you putting your word in me. Do you see that? All right, so the mystery of the ages, the secret of the ages is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Psalm 27, 4. One thing have I desired of the Lord that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For in time of trouble he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret place or the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me upon a rock. Man, there is this secret place 
that God will hide you from your enemy, that God will hide you from the destruction and death of this realm. And God will put you on that rock to keep you in that safe place, the secret place. So uh, since then, this is uh, Psalm 91.1. He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, He is my refuge, my fortress, my God, in whom I will trust. See, where he says here, He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High... The secret of the ages is Christ in you, the hope of glory. This secret place that they were prophesying about is Christ in you, you in Christ. Now watch this part, Colossians 3, and this is your homework this week. Turn your ears on. Y'all ready? Take Colossians 3, 1 through 3, and just meditate on it and until, until it produces a reaction within you. You know, until you get some revelation on what this means. Colossians 3, verse 1. Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. That's the part I really want you to take some time to think about. Your life is hid with Christ in God. See, you're not hidden in Christ. In other words, you don't need to be hidden from God. God is not the one you're hiding from. That's a big deal. Because when you seek to go into God as your safe place, as your strong tower, as your place of refuge, some people still carry the mindset that you've got to deal with your issues first or else God might judge you or withhold from you in the process of you trying to get to the secret place. You're already in the secret place. So I want us to create something for ourselves as kind of, you know, the Hebrew, the children of Israel, once they'd, they'd cross a river or they'd do something, they'd take a land and God would say, all right, now stack some stones up over there as a testimony of this victory. That wasn't just a trophy. That was a mental connection. Every time they looked at that thing, it would spark an emotion within them. No, this is what our God did. I was there. I picked out that stone right there. You know, that's what the secret place is. It's a place where you go into and you have an emotional connection with your Father so that it bears fruit. Now, faith doesn't need emotion. You know, we're not talking about bringing your experience of God down to a carnal level. We're talking about bringing your carnality up to God's level so that when you wake up in the morning, you actually feel the truth of God. You don't have that doubt running around. And so I'm not talking about just physical healing. I'm talking about, you know, your outlook on life. Does it include God? When you wake up in the morning, does your initial outlook on God include, I mean on life, include God? Specifically that you're in Christ. Does that make sense to you? I mean, I don't want to just be preaching at you. I, I, want, this, I want this to stir something. You know, I want to give you something to chew on where it's like, man, 
am I really expecting to see the world through the lenses of Christ in me and that I'm in Christ? What does that, what does that, what does that mean for you? What does it mean for you to wake up in the morning and your lens is, I'm in Christ? And that not feel like a foreign place. <clears throat> Watch this. It was even in the Old Testament that he would do this. Proverbs 7, verse 1. My son, keep my words and lay up my commandments with you. Keep my commandments and live. And my law as the apple of your eye. Bind them upon your fingers. Write them upon the table of your heart. This is what we're talking about doing. Writing the Word of God on your heart. It's in there spiritually, but you have to allow it to consume your heart. I love this part here. Deuteronomy eleven eighteen. Am I going too fast for you? Deuteronomy eleven eighteen. I mean, I know you know. You usually, you're only supposed to read like one scripture in church and then move on. But Deuteronomy eleven eighteen. Therefore, shall you lay up these words. Now watch this. It, you, you know, you really got to pay attention to the way that the word, these sentences are structured. Therefore, shall you lay up these words, these, these my words, in your heart and in your soul. What's he talking about? Your heart, we know, is where you believe. Out of the heart flow all the issues of life. It's with the heart that man believes unto righteousness. So heart has the capacity to believe. Your soul is where you feel things. Why would he make the distinction? Why wouldn't he just say, just believe it? So no, focus your heart on it and your soul. You need to believe it and feel it. It needs to be a real experience going on within you. Just like you can watch, walk out this door, go out on the street, and if there were a, an injustice, a crime to happen on someone or even on you, there's this real world experience that happens to you that you take this information in and you feel something about it. Much more should it be that we look to what has happened in heaven, the sacrifice of Christ on that cross, Him exchanging natures with us, Him exchanging our sickness for His life, for His health, Him exchanging our weakness for His strength, Him exchanging our giving away authority to having authority over everything, just like you look at this world and have emotional reactions to what you're looking at and putting yourself in the middle of, we should look at heaven and have an emotional reaction to what happened there. I mean, does that make sense to you? I mean, think about that. Literally. We watch movies to be entertained. Man, I want to watch the movie of Jesus dying on that cross and taking my sickness and watching it manifest in my life. What's the difference? That place is more real than this place. Don't look at what's seen. Look at what you can't see. The things that you can't see are eternal. The things that you can see are temporary. That's what we do. It's like we wake up in the world and we're like, okay, world, program me to limit God. Rather than waking up and saying, I'm going to look at heaven and be filled with faith because of what Jesus has done. That's going to be my filter. Then he goes on and he says, uh, And bind them the words for a sign on your hand that they may be frontlets as frontlets between your eyes. 
You ever seen in the Jewish culture where they, they tie that leather strap and there's a little box with a little, what, what's in there? A little piece of the scroll or something like that? One with their one with God. Yeah. Now, I honor the culture. I, I, I'm a fan of that type of stuff. But that was a sign and a testimony. God didn't want them to wrap leather around their head and with a little thing hanging off of it. What he was talking about is that the word of God should be your filter. It should be in your mind. You should be so consumed that it's like it's the, that when you wake up in the morning, what you see through is Christ in me and I'm in Christ. And what'd they do? They'd, they'd fizzle reps. Okay, God, we put some stuff on our head. No, I'm talking about your heart. You're not experiencing my promises because you're trying to do some external thing to keep some ceremonial thing. And we do that. We make church ceremony. We make worship ceremony. We make prayer ceremony. Anything but engage God in my heart. Don't we? The filter that we wake up and see the world through should be the mystery of the ages that is Christ in me. I am in Christ. I am hidden with Christ in God. And the Holy Spirit seals us up. And nothing can get in there. Let me ask you, do you have a secret place where you go that there's nothing but you and God? If you don't, Make one. Whether it be in your imagination, you know how to settle down and relax and, and, and get your mind off of distractions. You turn your phone off, you get away from people, and you imagine yourself by a stream and there's a mountain and you know maybe there's snow but it's not cold and the fish are there talking to you and the flowers are singing. I mean, you just make it cool. You, do, you take it wherever you want to take it. But you put Jesus there and the truth of who he is. You know what I'm saying? Be creative with it. If that's not your thing, go find somewhere. It's a big old planet. Go find somewhere and sit and don't let anything in there. Don't let anything in that place where you, it's just you and God. You know, it's like you and God are in there and, and you're having this sacred meeting and, 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 the, and the fragrance of that relationship begins to flow out of that place into your life, into your body, into your mind, into this world. You know, it, it's, this world will respond to you being intimate with your Father. Amen. It just will. It's not like you go to God and it's like, give me some information, now I'm going to go over here and change a bunch of stuff, you know? It's like, no, I am with God. That's going to change stuff. Does it not? I'm telling you the truth. It is a mystery, but it is the way that this world is created. This, I love that. I'm going to say that again. This world is designed to respond to you and your father in a place of intimacy. where you are protecting that place, where you only let the truth in there. You, you, you know, understand what I'm saying. You owe it to God to be in front of him, only focused on him with nothing else letting, being coming in, coming in that place. 
Don't, don't violate that sacred place of Christ in you. Don't bring your sin consciousness into that. Don't bring what your father did into that. Don't bring what the limitations of this world have left your life looking like into that place because they don't belong there. That stuff's not true there. That stuff is, is it's, like drink, it's like bringing a dead corpse into this and waiting for it to get up and preach to us. The thing's dead. The truth of God lives within us. Am I being too serious for you? Man, I, you know, I just, I just think that the Christians could actually experience <clears throat> life of God and then we would just naturally walk this stuff out. You know, your life can be a reflection of the transformative power of God in that secret place. Will you do that? Will you take time to make that secret place? I mean, you know, I'm not just trying to give you a tip and a trick and make you give away more of your time. I'm talking about, are you going to give yourself an opportunity to connect with your father to experience transformation? It's your life. And then we get to hear some really cool testimonies out of it. Amen? Amen. Father, we thank you. We, we do. We want, we want to honor what you have done through Christ by not drink, bringing stuff from this world into that connection that we have. Lord, we want to open our hearts to you, to be influenced by you, to glorify you, but to just allow your word to bear fruit in our hearts and our minds and our lives. I want to totally be yielded to you. The truth and only the truth. The truth and only the truth in that place. Do you see that? You feeling that? Is that your commitment? Thank you, Lord. Amen.